AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear-headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop, once a day, before breakfast, and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel Um, Ricky, what, what was, what was you just talking about? Like, we were talking about like what? Because you've hurt your shoulder, haven't you? I've t- I've t- yeah, I've, what, I've torn a muscle in my shoulder. No, you know exactly what you've done. You haven't just torn a muscle in your shoulder. What have you done? What's the well, name yeah, of the muscle? Uh, the tur, the tur, the tur. <laughs> I I don't actually know the name of the muscle, but it's a um, uh, what you call it? Uh, fucking hell! It's a common shoulder something. Is you, it something cuff? When, something mate, um, rotator cuff. In the WhatsApp. rotator cuff. I've, I've torn. Yeah, there's there's four muscles, and uh, one of the muscles involved in the rotator cuff. I I've torn it. Yeah. And, um, I'm in agony, and I just went to pull the duvet back in the bedroom, and I just started screaming. <laughs> and I was just like, I was, just, I was shouting "fuck off" like loads. I don't know who I was saying "fuck off" to. My missus come running up the stairs. What's up? I was just holding my shoulder, and I was just like, I just tried to pull the duvet back. The duvet She's back. Like, Fuck and, and, and it's, quite, it's quite a common um, combat sport injury, but you've done it pulling the duvet back, which is I know. I don't good. know what's the matter, me like. What was my daughter it? breaking my finger from throwing a football at me. <laughs> fucking then now like, no, I've done my shoulder like just working from home, just leaning on my arm, I think. Um well I what well, made, made made me think about how sort of weak and, and unresilient we are in the in the West that that uh, the kind of in, the way you're describing your injury is like if it's sub like significant and it is for people that live in in england and great britain that is a significant injury but like i just think like if we were invaded by russia i don't know would we stand up would we would we be able to i think john probably has different ideas about this but i'm not sure we would have to show the resilience that ukrainian soldiers have i think like they're getting shot through your chest jumping up and shooting down a couple of ruskies that's what they're doing whereas you've like pulled your duvet back and done your back in <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd definitely be uh, f- feigning, feigning death, just laying there. Well, and Band of Brothers, the geezer who goes blind. Yeah, Blythe. I'd blithe it. Blythe, yeah, blithe yeah. It. I'd, yeah. I'd, um, it all the way, man. I always think about, you know, like in the First World War, and they have to go over the top and they have to like charge the enemy. I'd just pull my hammy. I'd be fucked. I'd be like, <laughs> seeing that clip that's going around. Where it's like these lads kicking off on the football and this guy comes off the sideline and he comes running over and he does his knee in the middle of the melee. That'd be me. It would all be going off and I'd be going, ah, oh, fuck, I've done that again. Mate, you never heard it, hear about that in the First World War when people were going through the trenches and stuff and any of them doing their hamstring. 
and being out for nine weeks, <laughs> getting sent back to the infirmary exactly. to get <laughs> a footballer falls over these days. Killer says he hasn't been seen and we don't even know if he's actually injured. We don't know what's wrong with him. Like he'll fall over a stubby toe, won't be there for nine weeks. In, in World War I, when this country meant something, when it was a proper fucking country, <laughs> they get hamstring, we'll just rush it off and then run into hellfire. Exactly. You don't see Churchill getting a hairpiece, do you? No. Yeah. Just embraces it. Just wears a fucking one of them hats. I'd just uh, like to apologise beforehand that it's, it's um, while we're recording this, it's Halloween, so there is a potential for people to knock at my door and I, uh, I'll, just, I'll just ignore it. I've, like, I am... Um, like, with Halloween, I'm a little bit confused about it. Like, there's... Like, I see... I've seen a lot of party images like posted on social and like people are just like dressing up as Mario and Luigi and stuff. Like I thought you like supposed to dress up as vampires and zombies yeah. and Dracula Death and ghosts. And, and yeah, this yeah, This is yeah. what I'm talking about. Like, That's I, this is one the problem with this country, Ricky, is that we we're supposed to be dressing up as death. We're supposed to be facing the the, the, the the biggest fear that each of us have on this planet is that one day we're going to die. That's what Halloween's about. Not dressing up as fucking Mario. We're too soft. I had uh, I had two little girls turn up at the the door earlier. What were they dressed as? And they they were they, they were dressed as uh, fairies. And I, like, I, I didn't know what to say. I said you look. I said oh, uh, you, you look wonderful. Yeah. And I was like. You, like you've knocked on my house, I don't know you, and I'm saying you look wonderful. You're making me feel like a pedo. Now, like, uh, now, and now also, fucking... now also, you want sweets. You want to give? I'm yeah, a grown exactly. man, and now you want sweets. What are you doing? I looked in their hands as well. There was no trick ready. There wasn't. They just come to my house for sweets. You should call their bluff. I was I was driving home, and it started pissing down with rain, and I was like, good, good. <laughs> show him. I, uh, I, I went to a Halloween party on Friday, boys, as you know. And I went with my friend, my best friend Gaz. We um we suffered this problem. People were kicking off about Gaz's outfit because he went as Dharma. And people were That's like good. shocked. I was like, it's a Halloween party. What, 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 oh, also, yeah, people did like horrors. People thought it was uh, distasteful. Yeah. Hang on, because they've watched a Netflix series, now it's distasteful because Netflix exactly. has brought it to your exactly. attention. Do your exactly. research. It's like, everywhere. Like, it's like they were like, oh, I don't know, it's a bit out of order. And I was like, Dharma's been around for 20 years, this case. Yeah. This, now it's t- Yeah, because you know about it, suddenly you're deciding it's distasteful. Did he, uh, do you have a couple of uh, brewskis to take any pictures? We, um, we actually we had a bit of a shocker, and it was my fault. So I went, I was in America a few weeks back, and uh, we were in California, so you can get legalized weed gummies. Yep. So we bought some. Um, actually, don't know if it's legal to bring them back. No, absolutely Somehow, isn't. That's, dr- that's called drug trafficking. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, it's the opposite of legal. <laughs> so, so in an unrelated incident, we had some in our house. Actually, I don't know if it's legal to bring them back. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Do I? Um, anyway, we had some weed gummies, and I had one. It says basically take half, and it's fine. And as the gigantic human being that I am half doesn't really do that much and I tried a couple of different doses and oh, basically yeah. a whole one's about right for me right as my friend is like half my size he just doing the, the classic um Billy Big Beans well if you're having one I'll have a whole one and he took it we were supposed to leave at like half nine um he took it at about six and hit him like a ton of bricks <laughs> just <laughs> you and him Are you only you and him <laughs> going out did... yeah me and him going oh. out and I've been looking forward to this since last year because this party was fucking sick last year it hit him like a ton of bricks. He had to go and lay down in my back bedroom. <laughs> then he was like, mate, I need a bucket. <laughs> Went into the toilet, threw up three times. Like, I've never it. seen so much sick leave a human being. It was fucking mental. <laughs> and then he was like, he was going, mate, I, I don't know if it's because I had paracetamol this morning, but it's really hit me. And I was like, it's not how it works, but uh, no, sure. It's, uh, <laughs> don't fuck around with edibles, fundamentally. Uh, on the show this yeah. week, as you've heard, we've got John Bass. Uh, we like to call him the bear muff, the, the man mountain, El Gigante. <laughs> And Andre the Giant's big brother. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got half man, half English fry up, Ricky. Um, Ricky, have right. you, got, you got a problem with me? You got, you no, got I don't. I think you've, no, you've got a problem with me. I have got a fucking problem. I've got bones to pick with you. Because I've been I've on been, it I've every... I've you, on, you on, on your other fucking podcast, mm. slagging me off what, about my you know, pre-game we, fry up that we, I have. And the... what, what, what was it? Because I talked about it before, but I haven't had you on since. So we... We went to the Everton game, and you, you know, we met in a in a, in in this um, the Enjoy Cafe. 
on Tottenham High Road. Yeah. And honestly, I know we talked about it before, but you had so much fry up. You had so much. Fry- it was the biggest fry up you I've keep, ever seen. You keep, you keep telling people it's like it was double fry up. But when it you- was two pieces of bacon, one sausage, one fried egg, no, beans, no and fried bread. No chance. That, that's just that's, that's all it was. No, it was loads, mate. It's a big oval plate, massive, and it was full to the brim. <laughs> I reckon it's about two inches high as well. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, Ricky, uh, that, don't, when you're going football, don't go to the cafe for a massive fry-up if you're going to the pub for a couple of hours before. Is all I was saying. That's my only point. Um, we are going to come on to uh, the, the football very, very shortly. Before we do that, um, we have to say that we are very proudly sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, it's the world's best service in protecting you from people that want to get into your computer. And when I say people, I'm not talking about there's this geezer, like a hacker from... The mid, the, the Russia or whatever, and wants to get into your computer to get all your information. These are like bots that are designed and created by very intelligent people to get information for your computer, so they can steal your identity, steal your money, whatever it might be. They might even want to see pictures of your wife. You might have a folder that you don't want, you know, a special folder. Ricky's got special folders on his computer. Um, what, what, One what, of you, actually. Or, no, was it D? Was it D? And then <laughs> there's a folder called D, and then the second folder inside it was called ATA Data, and then inside that was the spicy folder. Is that right? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? You know when you had the the secret no. folder. Oh no, there is there was a secret folder. Yeah, you are right. What was yours one called? How do you remember that? Did I even tell you about? Yeah, that? you did. Well, you tell me everything, Rick. And, oh, and now I tell everybody yeah. on the podcast. What, what what was the name of the folder? Do you remember? Penrice, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no. It was just it was just P. <laughs> P. It, was, it was a hidden folder with the letter P on it. For <laughs> Really, like you're oh. never going to crack that one. <laughs> Fundamentally, for people that want to find pictures of your wife, NordVPN is the world's biggest cop block. Um, have you, have you boys ever been cop blocked before? Have you, John, have you ever? I've, um, I've near. I, it, it worked out well in the end, but it was the closest I've ever got to the biggest disaster cop block of all time. We'd basically been out in Birmingham, staying at this like cheap hotel. My mate Luke goes home early, smashed out of his mind. We have a whole night out. Managed to get this girl to come back to the hotel with me. I've forgotten that like, like Luke's gone back early, so just assume he's in bed asleep. And the door, the lights are on, and he's laying on my bed. And I'm like, <laughs> Luke, like, what are you doing, mate? Wake up! He's like, oh, sorry, mate. He rolls over, and all the, that's left on the mattress appears to be a massive shit. Now it isn't a massive shit. It isn't a massive shit, but she thinks it is. She's looked at it and gone, "What the fuck's that?" He's rolled over and he's just gone, oh, just, I was hungry, so I got Snickers and must have slept on it. <laughs> she just thought it was the weirdest thing she'd ever seen and was like, I'm not sure I can do this. And I just went to her, it's fine, we'll go on the top bunk, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she go, yeah, fair enough, that makes sense. Um, well, <laughs> she went, have you got any more Snickers? <laughs> I'm starving. <laughs> no, I'm starving. No, VPN is, the world's, is, is essentially John's mate who um, did or did not shit the bed. For anyone who wants to get into your computer, but on top of that, you can do things like access GLF football. Um, you can buy cheap tickets for plane tickets by acting like you're from abroad by choosing a, a foreign server. Um, but the best thing we've come up with this week is the um, the fact that if you're if you if you subscribe to YouTube Premium, it costs ten pounds. If you select the Argentinian Argentine server, which is essentially looking at a map that NordVPN shows you clicking on the little dot in Argentina and it automatically sends your, your, your IP address over to Argentina and you can access all the offers there and you can get YouTube premium for 99p. If you do that once, you've already paid, you've actually made a profit of £5 by using NordVPN and getting the, uh, the YouTube premium from Argentina. Once you've done it once, you're, you're in, you're done. Um, so grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash the Fighting Cock, uh, to get a huge discounts. Uh, you can get your money back if you're not happy for any reason after 30 day, uh, before 30 days. Money back guarantee. Right. Um, Bournemouth, boys. Uh, well, fucking hell, we needed that, didn't we? Just, I, d- let's, uh, Ricky, I want to take you back to about 30 minutes into the first half. And I, mm. I, I don't know what you, how you felt, but I was just looking at my computer just going, I'm not, I'm not even surprised. I've just got this weird, dull, numb feeling of nothingness as Kiefer yeah. Moore tears us apart. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm. I'm. Do you know what? I'm still. I'm still not really over it. If I, if I'm honest, I don't know where I'm at. Actually, really don't know where I'm at. I was. Um, we were. We were all th- three, four, three. Midfield being run run over. 
Like we need to switch to three five two. This this is what is gonna. Oh, you mean previously us. before this game? Yeah, yeah. yeah previously, uh, and, no, and then during it. So then we switched to three five two, and we are playing shit. And now we're two 0 down against Bournemouth, and I'm just kind of like, like, I'm just just feeling a bit lost, really. Just feeling a bit lost, and I don't know. What is our best formation? I don't know. Like when we are three four three and Kulu's not playing, we've just become. It feels like we're so reliant on him as to be kind of uh, our ball carrier in that final third. Like Son is off the boil when Richie's come in and he's been playing. He's not really suited to that right hand side where, where Kulu is. Uh, Mora, when he's played, is just he's he's not Kulu. At Kill when he comes in, and now that he's been used a bit more, uh, a bit more often, I, I, I've liked what, what I've seen, but I don't think he's the answer. So I'm just like guessing and I'm just a bit lost. And then when we when we play the three in the middle, and this is what's the missing thing here. This is why we're going to be now controlling the midfield because we've got three there. We don't. Well, we control the midfield to a certain extent. Like we control potentially possession, but there's just nothing there, is there? The the problem with a three-five-two that that's become acutely apparent to me in the last three games is it's not it's not the system so much as it is the lack of personnel in that midfield. Having Basuma, Skip, and Hoybier, who all in their own right could start a game for Scotland without any arguments, but when one of them has to be the guy who needs to unpick the defence. Certainly against Bournemouth where they're going to be defending deeply. We didn't have Madison, that Madison Eriksson-esque player that you need in that formation. We had Skip. On the right-hand right side, the right hand side it, yeah, it was like uh, Sanchez plays it to Royale, plays it to Skip. And then I was just like, Skip's in that final third, but he was just knocking it against the defender. It, that's not his game. It's not his game to beat them. And I was just like... I was about to say pulling my hair out, but a bit fucking late for that. Mm. Um, I was just, I was just mad, madly frustrated. And like you said, like those types of players, when they are filling in, um, are, like for a few games or whatever, that they're good squad players, but they're just, um, they're not first teamers. And I, and I also think that when we play with uh, three at the back, it's kind of like it. I don't really. It's it's hard to say about because I'll probably catch fucking pelts for this. But it's got the it's got a bit of a, a Mourinho Nuno vibe where we are sitting back and we're kind of in the trenches and you have to be excellent. You have to be insane in your defensive duties to shut teams out. And at the moment, it just feels like we haven't got the personnel. It feels like that we're lacking in confidence, and it feels as well that our wing backs need to be doing more to be pushing and pinning their wing-backs back, and we need to be playing a bit more further up the pitch. But because we're being pinned back, we're kind of just held in. Mm. And it was like against Sporting, where um, they, they were... Against Sporting, we were, like especially in the second half, we were just camped on their side. And that's when it, that's when it was like looking good, and we were able to defend properly, um, and we'd be able to uh, create chances... We were uh, doing overloads and Romero was coming out in uh, from that centre-back position and breaking lines. And in the first half, it just felt like we were just a bit static and waiting for Bournemouth. But then in the second half, the momentum swung in our way after oh, we got that definitely. goal. Definitely. We'll, we'll come on to that for a second. But like, the, yeah. I think the way Ricky summed up that, that was the first half. Or certainly the first 35 minutes of the last 10 minutes, we started to take control a little bit, but it was because of the way we, we had played before that. It kind of, we didn't, I didn't see much hope in it. It was just a short spell of play that, 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 that looked better, but wasn't really penetrating in the way that we'd hoped, but it was the start of us taking control of the game, John, when we did bring in those players, um, you know, Lucas Morrow came on, made a difference in my opinion and like I agree with what Ricky said he's nowhere near Kulisevsky but he did change the dynamic and we went to a 3-4-3 and it we started to create and push them back a little bit more I know they scored and they count a great goal great brilliant cross from Adam Smith and a great header from Kiefer Moore a, life, a wonderful header in fact but apart from that we had the entirety of the second half and it was that switch to a 3-4-3 
how much of that was about us playing well or was it about Bournemouth just sitting back and why can't we finish a game in the way sorry why can't we start a game in the way that we finished it so to answer the, the are they sitting back or what, did we play well it's a combination of both right they're 2-0 up they're playing a side that has better players a better side essentially they're gonna they're gonna drift back but they also uh were forced to do that because we were playing well the second half also we were committing more players forward and it's like it it's fine like any formation you play is all about the application like you can have any formation in the world will work in certain circumstances if you apply it in the right way to the, the right opposition and you have the right players to fit the system i think like <clears throat> rick makes a really good point which is like we we thought it was one way then we tried something else and in this game we started one way and we changed and it and it worked the issue that we've got and i'll defend conte a little bit here is that whether you play 3-4-3 three, three, or 3-5-2, three, the most important position is wing-backs. Like they, that, those two systems are wing-back systems because he's a wing-back manager. I think he, he did brilliant last season and probably did too well because he's now set the expectation that we're going to be able to play like we did at the tail end of last year, this year, with, with really no changes in those wing-back positions barring Perisic. I do, I do think that that's been a bit of an issue. And if I think about like... Like bigger picture, Pep Guardiola, for example, I watched a documentary about Barcelona and his time there. He was very particular about types of players that fitted his way of playing. And he had they signed one summer they signed a like a centre back from Seville, Sevilla. They spent loads of money on him, and he just wanted to play early long balls. And Pep was like, "Don't don't do that. Play short. This is the way I want you to play." And they ended up bombing him. They lost loads of money on him, and they brought in younger players who could play the way he wanted to play. The reason I say that is because these elite coaches and Conte is one of them. Doesn't you know? I've been critical of these systems before and the way that he plays. But if you have a manager like that, you have to get him the tools that he's got. At the moment, I do think the reason that we're starting sloppily in games and the reason that it's taken us time to get into them is we really don't have our preferred eleven, and we don't we don't necessarily have even players outside of our preferred eleven that can come in and even be like a similar type player, but just a slight downgrade. We've got a lot of square pegs around holes and vice versa all over the squad and he's I think he's doing his best to manage that um and sometimes you, in games like this you just get caught out and it takes a bit of time to work it out difference between this and the other games that we've had recently is he's actually changed things quite quickly he's seen what the issues are and he's been prepared to change that was which refreshing wasn't it was much better it's so refreshing yeah John was... can you remember what centre-back it was that uh yeah he was brother. like uh, his name was like because uh, I swear uh, Barca bought um, Longley from Seville. <laughs> no, it's... no, it wasn't Longley. This was years ago. <laughs> so Did you not rate Longley's... Like a... Oh, sorry, go on. It was like some... I think he was either Polish or, or like Eastern European guy. And he was a really good player, like a proper decent player. But More of just... your Brexit yeah, propaganda, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't English. That's why he failed. <laughs> um, speaking of which, um, Eric Dyer is a right centre-back. Only time he's played there that's this season. Um, Longley started as as, a, as the main, you know, as a centre of the centre back three, and um, thought he did okay. I, 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 we made a similar comment on um, the five statements reaction pod we do on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fighting quote. Um, but uh, so, and, and, and someone commented again, what he didn't make a mistake. I, I didn't think he. I thought he did. He looked relatively composed. I thought all the defence had issues, and for him to slot into a role he hasn't played at Spurs, and with Davinson Sanchez on his right, and Davies having a bit of a shocker giving the ball away as well. I thought Longley did okay, and it said something about Dyer moving over to that right hand side and not taking his usual space as the centre of the three. That um, it said something about Longley's performance. Anyway, regardless of him. I felt super comfortable with Dyer in that position because it utilizes his ability on the ball. You can see the way he tries to play football when he is in that sort of, he's the deeper of the three centre backs. He tries to play out and often gets it wrong, but he has that in his locker and his vision and his brain thinks in that way. And he's, he's making snap decisions in the, in the heat of the moment when he makes those passes and it doesn't come off. He's further up the pitch where the jeopardy's less, then he, we can make, we can take advantage of his, um, his abilities as, as, a, as a footballer. Um, I don't know what you made of his performance, Ricky, as a right-hand side uh, centre-back, and he came on and thought he did well. Yeah, I just want to go, like quickly touch on uh, Longley. I was like quite excited about him playing uh, centrally because I think he is like generally a, a good passer of the ball. 
And um, remember when uh, Benoit used to do those no-look passes into the centre yeah. to Modric? Yeah, yeah. And um, whereas, like, Dyer, I feel like he, he panics a bit where he's being pressed and he's playing those short balls. But where he's looking for balls over the top to Kane and Son, um, he's a lot better. And I, but I felt Longley is he's a lot better at his short passing uh, and he's able to kind of uh, get the ball moving up the field. Uh, I thought he did okay, but I did feel that he got turned a couple of times and he looked a bit slow. Um, yeah, he's not the fastest. But no, but but he did all right. But yeah, with Dyer, I mean, I think he's been short on confidence recently as well. I think he's been caught slipping a few times as well. I, I, there was a game against was it Frankfurt where I think it was like his fault. What mate? It was like a, a bit of like Romero give him a bit of a hospital ball, and then he he had a heavy touch and. Yeah. But for for the main part, um I think Dye did really well. There was um there was a ball actually that he put in. Uh I think he ran down the, the right hand side, uh, crossed the ball in for Son, and Son had a flick and the keeper saved it. Mm. Um and it was just like that that was that was nice to see. I think I think he did a right. I don't know whether it's one of those things where I'd be like, Yeah, I want to see that again. But I think it's better than for me. It's better than Sanchez playing there, really. Yeah. Yes. He did all right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. did all right. Yeah. If you had the option, the... and it was Sanchez or Dyer, you'd take that. But... Yeah. Sorry, John. Just, um, sorry, mate. Yeah. Just on the long lay um, situation, I wonder if uh, it was a bit of a stitch up that no one was going to be aware of because in the commentary they were talking about Kiefer Moore wasn't hasn't been playing that much recently. And that he came, sort of came in for this game because I feel like Longley is a bit of an odd choice at cent- central centre back to play against a fucking massive unit. He's amazing in I'll, the air. I want to come on to Keeper really more. Unit. I want to come on to him. But it's, so, so yeah. for, uh, uh, well, I think we need to talk about that because I've got I've got an idea. Yeah, <laughs> go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you might it's yeah. been a stitch up. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yeah, because I just think, like, it's a really bad, it's a really bad matchup for Longley. Like, yeah, you want a, Eric Dyer, I, I, if anyone. You want Eric Dyer in that scenario. But I, again, like, I'm, I don't want to um, completely pie off Conte. I, I think it was a case of they weren't expecting him to play, probably. And at that point, it's like you can't, you can't ask him, you can't ask Longley to play on the right, and you've already got Davis on the left. So you kind of have to stick with it. And they've probably been training that way the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, I, thought, I thought he did okay, considering. But you can see, again, like, he got completely bullied by Kiefer Moore. And like players will get bullied by him. He's a massive unit and he's so good in the air. But I thought Dyer played well on, on the right-hand side. Um, I didn't mind that at all as, a, as an option. Do you know what I'm sick of? You know, I'm absolutely sick of Conte going, Kulisevsky's not fit. Just say he's playing. Just say he's playing. Yeah, he's fit and he's going to yeah. play. He's back with us. He's going to play. doesn't matter if he's fit or not. doesn't matter if he's got no chance of playing. Just make Fulham or Bournemouth or Leicester or whoever we're playing think that he's going to play. Say Harry Kane's injured. No chance of making it. Not going to play. Then it, they get the team shoes. He was warming up on the pitch before the game. I know. I know he was. I know he was. But, but, but what do you think of this tactic saying, yeah, Harry Kane's out. Um, Huminson's out. Lloris is out. None of them are going to play. And then an hour before the game, stick him in the team sheet. And they're like, well, we can't change this after an hour. Do it every single game. Then they don't know. Sometimes they do play, sometimes they don't play. I don't know why managers don't do that. We don't have to yeah, tell them the not. truth, do we? Do we have to tell them the truth? There's Man, no rule. I, like, that... I like mind games. I yeah. like mind games. I, honestly, the next North London derby, Harry Kane is out. He's broken his leg. We're not sure he'll, he'll ever walk again, let alone play. An hour before <laughs> kickoff, he's in the team sheet. What are they going to do about it? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, I'll tell you whose uh, uh, career at Tottenham has taken an absolute Bitcoin. Is uh, Emerson Royale, and his reputation is in the mud currently at the moment, <laughs> isn't it? He, what? What? Uh, where are you at with Emerson Royale? It was the, the no look pass against Sporting. Uh, it was that point. I was like, I can't, I can't defend you. I can't. You. What did you just do? I cannot. That was. You might as well spat on the fucking badge. 
It was fucking ridiculous. He's, his reputation is, is, is going through the mud. I don't think he's as bad again as people say. But previously, I would have gone, no, he's good. He must be good because Conte plays him. Now, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a 180 and going with what John said about four weeks ago on the pod. Just give, us, give, give Jess Benz a go. Just give him a go. Can't be any worse. It can't be any worse at this point. Like, just, yeah, Royale, for me, Royale's one of them. I think um, plenty of people have said what this. What do you mean, one of them? What do you mean by that, them? What do you mean? One of those opinions. Oh, right, right. One of those sorry, opinions. Sorry. Just have to check you sometimes. <laughs> don't, don't, don't project your own stuff onto me. Uh, it's one of them opinions where, um, as a defensive right back, which we do not play a back four, it'd be pretty decent because I, I don't think there's been many occasions where people are having a go at him about his defensive. Yeah, it's not Serge Aurier, is he? It's not that. Exactly. It's, it's no look passes in the final third. It's he can't cross, he can't beat a man it's all it's all offensive attacking stuff so that for me is why i'm like the only thing i hear about spence positively is he's really fucking good going forward yeah so that's why it pisses everyone off if if it was like spence is just an unknown quantity we don't know whether he's good going forward or backwards he's just a right wing back we've signed i think there'd be even less of a clamor for him because it's just unknown we know he's a good offensive rapid takes people on gets crosses in scores goals fullback that's what it is crying out for week after week if Royale and Doherty were playing great, again, it becomes harder to make the case. It's just got to that point where it's like, it's indefensible now. It has to play him. Yeah. Don't get it. Indeed. Paul Hamilton, and, and bear in mind, we've got a you know, Champions League tie tomorrow night as we record, and no doubt Matt Doherty will start, and he's he's obviously, you know, rotated him so that Matt Doherty will start. And bearing in mind, uh, Emerson Royale was nailed on to start before he got sent off. So, um, Paul Hamilton asked the question, will we see Jed Spence get any meaningful game time before the January transfer window, Ricky? Bearing in mind, that's not between now and January and we're going to have loads of games. It's That's four or five games before the World Cup and then a yeah. couple afterwards. Are you going to see him play any? No. no. League Cup in it. No, it's going to be League, League Cup. No. I hope so. I mean, it's... Um... League Cup, it's uh, against Forest away in it, and that's where he was on loan. Yeah, make him play and, there. Uh, and and uh, I think when we played Forest away in the league, Spence got uh, a longer run out there as well. A few minutes, yeah. Yeah, he did so, a long run. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm hopeful he'll be given more minutes, but I can't really echo John's sentiments anymore. Really, <laughs> it's like. Defensively, when when we've played against uh, Liverpool and City, and we've you know we've been under the caution, we've got five at the back, and he's he's uh, Emerson Royal is operating as as a fullback defensively. He's he's, he's been absolutely sound. Um, going forward, it's just so frustrating that he he sometimes gets into the positions and then his crosses just hit the defenders. Or you just feel or like he just manages feel like he's to swing do it in and it doesn't every time he gets it. You just feel yeah. like nothing's going to happen, do you? Exactly, or he or he swings in and there's no one there, or it's over hit or under hit, and it's just like fucking hell, man. It's just so incredibly frustrating. And again, like while uh, Kulisevsky's out, Spence is like one of these natural ball carriers where he is rapid, and you give him the ball, he's an outlet. Like fucking give him the ball, let him run, let let him push their wing backs back. Like, like let's get a foothold into the game, let's push them back into their own half. And um, and take them on that way, but we're just kind of sitting back at the moment. And I think Royal's like kind of happy to do that. But again, like um, I mean, I, it, it, I think it's a bit unfair to to single Royal out for uh, Moore's second goal with a header. No, yeah, it was. It, it he was... kind of like flicked, he, he flicked a foot out, but like he was never gonna. If it was uh, like Royal. Head the more more's just going to fucking thunder straight through him anyway. Yeah, no, no, I don't think he, um, there's nothing he could have done. There's nothing he'd done. He was. It's just like he, he, he the, and it wasn't just the fact that he got his head on it. The way he directed it off the crossbar in it was absolutely glorious. It really was. Like I don't blame him for that goal. I think it's just it's the other stuff in the final third that you mentioned. Oh, where, I did at the time. I did. I oh, was you did. So angry. Him, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 and Sanchez as well. Like yeah. it was kind of like the ball's gone in. Why hasn't Sanchez gone to uh, to meet the ball or even back up to make it even more harder for Moore to direct that header, uh, put him off a bit? Just uh, anything, just fucking anything, not to be two 0 down against Bournemouth. 
but I've kind of, you know, Guys, it's can been I ask... a few days and I've watched a few highlights and I'm all right now. Can I ask you a question, boys? Yeah, go on. Don't just, on, don't just fucking just, you know, poo-poo it straight away. What, cheeky uh, January bid for Keith Moore? Or just little little cheeky bid for Keith Moore in January? What do you reckon he's worth? I reckon, like, well, he, he, he was... Uh, yeah, before we, <laughs> before we go into whether or not that is a stupid suggestion, and I genuinely don't believe it is a stupid suggestion. I, I think it's a good suggestion. Um, he was signed by Bournemouth in uh, January transfer window last year for £3.8 million from Cardiff. Um, he's probably worth it's not what he's worth what would they be willing to we'd have to pay probably 15 million 15 <laughs> he's, he's got no. he's got three years he's got three he's got three years left on his contracts and obviously crucial to him if they're going to let him go we'd have to pay 15 million I think not what he's worth is what we'd have to pay. If you bid fifteen million, they would be pissing themselves. If you bid, if you bid, uh, if you bid double what they paid for him, six million, you'd get him. You reckon? What Bournemouth? Yes. They're in the Premier League team. Yes. He's got about four goals. Six in his million. Six Are you million. saying six million, mate? Yeah, well, fucking this... in today's money, we were You're talking about seventy six... million here. No, I, 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 I reckon everything. Everything. I, I'm willing to go down to twelve. What I think they may accept. <laughs> They may accept. No, I'm, I'm honest. But all right, right. Let's. How many Premier League goals has he got? How many appearances in Premier League goals has he got? Because didn't they sign him like last year? Well, he broke his foot. He broke his foot. Exactly. So he didn't play. That's so it. how many appearances and goals has he got? And so he was signed for three point one. I can tell Since you. Since then, he's got three goals in thirteen appearances. <laughs> and you reckon his value's gone up by twelve million pounds? Hold on, nine nine in twenty seven for Wales. It's not about his value. John, you're better than this. You understand it. You understand the transfer market. It's not about what he's worth. It's about what he, you oh, have no. to pay to get him. And I'm saying 12 to 15 million <laughs> might do it. They might even say no to that. What, what, <laughs> my, my, the, the question I actually asked, though, is, is it as a secondary striker, as a backup to Kane, when things are against the wall, we need to change the play, is having a target man like him, an old-fashioned centre-forward, the worst... Is is twelve million, fifteen million pound worth the, the the potential solution that he could provide when we're chasing a game? Is it a men? I'm just. I was watching. Him, I thought he's quite tidy. He's a handful. Great in the air. It's, there's worse ways to spend twelve million pound. I'm not sure I can have uh, someone at our club called Kiefer. If I'm honest, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not, not so, having that so, as a name. Is it so, about, too, too close to Keith? Sutherland? <laughs> yeah, what about Sutherland? Do you want to take him? Uh, a, friend, a friend of the show's called no, Keith, so I wouldn't say too much, Eric. So he's... Uh, I didn't tell anything about Keith, mate. So I said Kiefer. So, so what's a better name, Kiefer or Keith? And, it, and it's definitely Kiefer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, You've got to be fuming if your name's look- Keith. You have to be. But I'm fuming that my name's Gary. If you're an Ian, a Keith, a Gary or a Darren... You've got to be fuming with your parents. You have to be. You've got to have some self-respect here, boys. He's, he's the new Lorente, is what I'm hearing. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, he's nowhere near yeah, Look, I don't think it's a bad idea. Let us Remember know. Tweet us. He did for us. Remember? Yeah. Let tweet us. At Love the Shirt, if you think, if, if you, if you think that signing Kiefer Moore for 12 million to, as an option is outrageous, just at Love the Shirt, Flav's a mug. Can we... Um... I'll make it. I'll make a case for him after I papooed his price tag. Go on. Um, previously, like any, pretty much any other time in our history, I would have really papooed this because it's, it's, it's giving Raziak vibes. However, we are now some sort of a force from dead ball situations. We are fucking unbelievable. Yes. And now throw oh, the biggest oh, of big oh, you. Oh, hello. Oh, oh, Imagine oh, that old boy. How many goals did Keith Mill at Moore score for Tottenham? 200 goals. And his, <laughs> and his value, which his value would be a billion dollars. Listen to me. If, <laughs> if, if, let, let, me be like, let me be like, what's his name? Dustin Powers. <laughs> Dr. Evil. Fucking City come in and we're like, oh, we want to buy Keith Moore. He scored 200 goals last season. He's like, one bajillion, quadrillion <laughs> dollars. So, so, so if, if Harry Kane was sold and the only player, for, forget all of the, the, the obviously possible scenarios that might exist about replacing Harry Kane... If the only option was Kiefer Moore, how many goals would he score for Spurs next season? He was our option. He played every game as a number nine. How many goals does he score for Tottenham? I'm saying 15. 
Let's go 15 goals first. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Mate, no. he's good. He's good. He's we underrated. We do well to get double figures. What? What? You've got X- a point there, John, about the uh, about um, pieces though. Set pieces yeah. with our uh, no, set piece we, coach. We've got fucking tons. No. We've got more 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 set pieces than any other team in Europe this year. Keep them more on the end of it. We have got a target man. Off. No, we did. He did. Uh, I just, 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 just. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know what Keith Moore, 15 million pound Keith Moore's pedigree is. Right? <laughs> ex Dorchester, ex Yeovil, ex Forest Green, ex Torquay, ex Truro City, ex Ipswich, Barnsley, Wigan, Rotherham, Ipswich. <laughs> Done that. And Cardiff. Then Tottenham. Come on. He travels, boy. Mate, he travels. He travels well. He's not afraid of a challenge. He's obviously not afraid of a challenge. <laughs> Just, uh, just get him in the door, Levy. Like, imagine the fallout of that yeah. if we sign Keith Moore. That like th- they'd be like, "What are you fucking doing?" Anyway, um, yeah, loads of free, mate. I can't remember the, the name of our free kick coach. He should or set piece set, set piece coach. We I should know his name. I should something have, like Vaye. Vaye. Yeah, I should have it tattooed on my forehead because we are. Like, do you remember? Like, we we would say, "When's the last time we scored a free kick? We never score from corners." Fucking all, all, every time we had, how many, I think we had like, was it 18 corners or something mental? Yeah, yeah, 19, I think it was. 19 in the end. And to score two out of 19 is is significantly more than the average that you score from corners. It's about two or 3% scored from corners typically. So three in 100 free kicks will go in. And we scored two in, uh, sorry, uh, corner kicks, we scored two in 19. Uh, That second half, when when, uh, Davey scored... And oh. it was kind of like I can't. Remember what minute was it? Was it around seventieth or something? no? It's, uh, when Davey, uh, you might be right. When Davey scored, uh, it was seventy-three. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, and then after that, there's still there's a fair bit of time, and we were getting corner after corner, and it was just like you could feel it. Oh yeah, you could feel that that momentum had shifted. We were camped out in their half. And you could just fit, it was just building and building and building. And even though the clock was ticking by, there was a bit of me that's, that was, we could still we could still do this, you know, we could still do it. And then as it clocked into 90th minute, I was just like, time's slipping away here. It's really slipping away. And then um, when we, when we scored, I was like, I did the little silent fist pump. <laughs> But then I just I just remembered sporting and I was yeah, just like same. This is really, really taken Shit fucking off. Yeah. It's so I couldn't really proper enjoy it and then I just had to wait. It's and ra- wait. It's, and it's, then when it It's rapes the enjoyment from the game. That's what it's done. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's but, been um it's been a painful week for that for last minute uh goals. But yeah, I did look I, I tried, um... when, when, very quickly when, when that corner came in, I did like when Bentenko scored while my celebrations, I did go mental, but my, like, as you said, we, we're suffering PTSD from Lisbon, but I did kind of replay it quickly in my head thinking, where could there possibly have been a foul? foul? That's, uh, the, that's the thing that that's exactly what, that's not what it should be. It, it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. You should be totally lost in the moment. And like, you should be going mad and not even thinking about that, but that's exactly it for me. Right. When that ball dropped for Bentancourt, normally, like, a player would... They just put their laces through it and they just smash it in. But it's almost like he uh, powerfully side-footed it in. Yeah, it was a strange strange finish, wasn't it? Yeah, so I was like, it's got to have deflection. It's got to have this. I was looking down the line. I was like, fucking, where is this going to get called up? Um, Because it felt a little bit unnatural. It was a bit weird. Yeah, it was. And then um, it didn't. The problem is, the the lads in Stockley Park would be going, right, how can we disallow this? How can we disallow it? That's what their mindset would have been. Because they're looking at everything in that box. Anything around the ball, the passage of play, any possible infringement that might have happened, they're looking for that. And that can't be... That can't be the crux or the or the beginning of every goal that's given in the Premier League or every anywhere else. A bunch of fucking dickheads in a room trying to kill our enjoyment of the game. Going, how do we stop this from being a goal? Because that's what they're looking for. Looking for anything, anything. How do we stop this from being a goal? And it's the wrong mindset, completely. But anyway, Ben Tancor, great finish, even better performance. Um, the geezer's yep. silk. They're, 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 He's growing into this season and growing into his his career as um, 
as a player at Spurs, isn't he, John? Mate, he's so he's so classy. I, like I've when he first signed, I thought, oh yeah, like technically tidy. he's taking tidy, us up yeah. a level. Yeah, yeah, tidy. Like you no, know, he's got he's got a bit about him. He can get around the pitch, blah blah. Like slowly but surely, I think people are realizing like actually we might have a real real talent here because he's still relatively young as well. And I think again we we all like forget sometimes adjusting to the Premier League, the, just the pure pace of it is just mad. No matter how technically good you are, you just it's muscle memory of like how quickly players shut you down, all that sort of stuff. The way he just breezes past people now and like just get wriggles out of like tight situations and stuff, it makes such a massive difference. And also I think he's like. Is calmness in possession. Can I ask you a question? Because you're, you're saying you're, all, all the things you're saying should be the answer to this question we got sent in from Zeus. Mm. Uh, he says, "Have we finally found Dembele's heir?" So, I mean, I don't want to say yes because course, I don't like. Of course, when it's yeah, like, yeah. is this just an, an automatic like regent? No one, no players are really ever like truly the same. But does he offer us the same kind of thing that we needed from Dembele in the time Dembele was with us? I think he does, yeah. I think he's he is so so good, and I still think there's a bit more from him. We, we're now seeing that he's adding goals, but like albeit like are at set pieces and he's nodding them in. But you know, Rick's point is so true. Ninety nine percent of players in that position that aren't like Harry Kane strikers will just smash it and just hope for the best. If you actually watch it, he just he just places it into the one place no one can get near it. It's a, such a nice, like composed finish over about seven players as well. It's just oh, like... mate, it was so good. It was so so classy, and he's got. Um, I think he's got more of like weirdly. He's got like a dem. Uh, a dem- he's got more of a like Berbatov. If Berbatov was a midfielder with like energy, that's yeah. what he reminds me yeah, of. He's yeah, like agreed. tall and languid, and the way he moves Silk. is like Berbatov. Floats. He's got hustle got hustle and yeah mate i love him he's he's been a favorite performer this year this us. is a fair thing to say um bente core is at a higher level than dembele was when he joined tottenham yeah because you remember bente um, dembele didn't get the plaudits until at least two seasons into his career at tottenham injuries hip injuries he had back injuries muscle injuries and so it never really got going and we really didn't expect Dembele to grow into the player that he became and it was only I think when I recognised it really I think that was the start of it where I uh, was sitting next to um, T I think we were playing Everton and um, I just sort of said he's a good player and T was like now he's rubbish and you know that is uh, (laughs) that's fundamentally the difference between what I know about football and what T knows Anyway, but yeah, but Ben Tancor has started his time at Spurs fantastically and it's it's coming up to a year in in January and um, yeah, he's more of this. Like, if you can continue to maintain this form and get better, what a player. And, and if Kulisevsky kicks on, as he has done, and, and continues to be influential, fucking Juve have had their pants pulled down. It sounded like oh, from the, the, the messages coming out from these, well, my, my Italian mate, but also, you know, that, that t- the, the journalist saying that, that, that Ben Tenkor loses the, the goal, that uh, loses the uh, ball three times a game, and Kulisevsky... Kulisevsky uh, can't beat a man to what we've experienced in those two players. Like what Kulisevsky, Kulisevsky is worth, what was it twenty eight million pound? And Ben Tancor was sixteen, seventeen, something like that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Matt. What business? Madness. Unbelievable business. I remember uh, when we bought Benzenka, Juventus, uh, Juventus um, fans already had a compilation of how many times Benzenka loses the ball. Um, and if I was being like hypercritical at the moment to balance it out, I would still say that um, he can he can tidy a bit more of that up of uh, losing the ball. But I suppose in that position where you are, you know, we we, are, we were pushing forward and we needed to makes up something happen that you are going to lose the ball on occasions but yeah. apart from that he he like like John was saying like he does have that languid berbatov about him and there were there, there's there's a few compilations knocking about when we were putting the ball together uh, against Bournemouth and we're passing it and he was just like 
central to all of that, receiving, playing the ball, spreading it wide, pushing forward, get running into space. Um, and he just kept going. He's been he's coming on leaps and bounds well, there, especially in the last few there games. There was one one clip in in that where he he beat well, I say beat, he was under pressure with it twice. So he, he knocked it past one, he megged one, took it past another and then just sprayed the ball out to the other side. And and it's those moments of quality that create opportunity. Like we've got great players, but you ha- you need these great players to do great things in order for Tottenham to or any team to score. The reason why these players are playing at this level is because they've got the ability to do it. And you're asking Ben Sankor in that instance, which is a high risk, high risk to do what he did instead of to lay it back or put it all the way back to Lloris, which our midfielders love to do. He decided in in that moment to actually try and beat his player and beat the next one, which takes two of them out of the game, which means their shape's fucked, spread the play across, and suddenly there's opportunities everywhere. You need players to take a risk, and the better they get, the less risky it looks. Modric, again, uh, when, when he came, it, it became apparent really quickly that under huge amounts of pressure, it's very unlikely that he was going to lose a ball. Dembele grew into that player as well. Give the ball, give him the ball under pressure and it allows the other players to commit and, and gamble because they know he won't, he'll lose a ball once in 10 in those positions. And that's enough to gamble into positions and try and break. And you need to, you need to gamble in football in order to, in order to achieve. And Bentancur is, growing into that play, I really hope he is. It look, looks, it looks. Yeah, I just want to um, pick you up on that risk bit as well, uh, Flav. Where, where we've had, um, there's been a lot of chat in the first half. We've started slow, and we've we've been like a bit pragmatic with Kuibia, uh, Basuma, and Bentanka. And where we have gone uh, behind, and we're chasing the game in the second half, that they have been more offensive and taking risk. Now, Hoybier for Cess's goal, he put a fucking sweet-ass ball through for Cess. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Just a defence-splitting ball. Yeah. And it's it's those types of, when we are nil-nil and we're playing it safe, he he he, te- he won't do that because the, there is no need for him to push himself or Benton Kerr to make those runs and to drive forward. But then when we start chasing the game and the, uh, and the game opens up, that's when we decide, fuck, we need to start. Ch- we're, we're chasing the game here. This we we need to do something in the first. Like we need to be from the off. We need to start being a bit more risky and playing those types of balls yeah. to get ourselves it's quite conservative ahead. until until we have to start playing. And and you see, yes, you, you exactly. see, yeah. you see that though. You see that when we have to start playing and be risky, we deliver. Against Sporting, we delivered. Against. Bournemouth, we delivered when we had to be risky. And, and and let's be a bit more ballsy and brave and have a bit more courage in, in the quality we have. Um, and, yes. And, and, and yeah, maybe that's what's missing. Maybe the, there's a conservative approach to the game because we've got a big game against Marseille, a huge game against Marseille uh, on the Tuesday and you want to conserve energy and maybe we can do enough just to beat Bournemouth by playing at 70% and then the second half we knew we had to play at 100%. It's in our locker. We can do it. This team can do it but um it's only when we have to do it we seem to to I saw um I saw a little snippet of uh, an interview with Larice and then the interviewer said something it was something along the lines of um the first half the way you start the second half or the way you play in the second half yeah um and he was saying something about that we don't have the um the it, he didn't use the word focus, but um, like we, we we can't play to that uh, intensity uh, for ninety minutes, which which is is fine. Yeah, that that is a thing, but it made me think: Is Conte saying we have a lot of games? Reserved, right? Yeah, just be a bit more reserved. You know, you don't have to run around like headless chicken. You know, but there's ninety minutes when when we are on top. And we the momentum is in our uh, is with us, then we can start putting a bit more pressure on and pushing for that goal. But if it doesn't come, don't go fucking chasing it. Get back to your positions and still being quite conservative. And maybe that's where um, we're getting caught out because we are getting caught on the on the break or, or, or you know uh, te- teams have been like lucky against us, whatever it might be. 
but I just feel like we need to we need to be on the front foot. We need to be taking a risk. We need to be a bit more gutsy yep. in in how we play. The, pro- the problem is with the press and fans is that they want the team to do that constantly throughout the entire season. They want they want everything. And the minute we could be playing gun, all guns blazing right now and winning games, and you know maybe losing a couple or drawing a couple, or getting caught out, but we're going for games. And then come March, come April, and the, 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 the squad, by and large, is, might be on its arse or not able to perform at the levels that they had performed before. The press won't go, or the fans won't go, well, we did it earlier so we can understand why the performances have dropped because the legs are starting to go. Because Conte, it, the, the narrative would be Conte ran them into the ground. Bielsa ran Leeds into the ground, and that's why... You can't, you can't, there, is, there is something to be said for managing your squad for a season. And, and and if you can beat Bournemouth by playing at seventy percent, which we couldn't, but if we could beat Bournemouth by playing at seventy percent, there's something to be said by that. To be winning ugly early on, to keep to so you have the legs later on. Like maybe Conte knows what he's doing. Maybe he's not concerned by the naysayers who say his football's not good enough. Maybe he has a plan, or maybe he just doesn't have a plan, and we, we are as shit as we we think we can be at times. I don't know what the answer is, but it's a long season, and a lot of things are going to play out. John. Um, Kane and Son, again, not at the races. Kane's goals have made up for his somewhat sloppy play uh, at times. He's not, he's not the player that he was under Mourinho and at times under Conte last year where he was dropping and spraying balls all over the place. He has it at times, but he has been losing the ball, getting caught, dribbling into players, that kind of thing. And Son, obviously, not you know, being poor once again. Is, is that becoming a problem when you know, we're relying on goals from three other players to win this game? Or do we just wait and see? I mean, there's nothing we can do. They're playing every game that they, they're available, I'm sure. But do you have any thoughts about Kane and Son's lack of form? Yeah, I mean, look, I do, earlier in the season when people were talking about the World Cup as a distraction, I didn't really buy that because I kind of feel like every club has, has players who are going to the World Cup. That's like every single club. <clears throat> However, I do think that there was a point made, it was actually on the preview on, on Patreon, our makeup of our squad is particularly heavy on very important players for those national teams. But like obviously Kane is England captain. Son is like vital to um to Korea. So Lloris is like oh, yeah. all these players, they're like big, big players, right? And I wonder if there is an element of that with with Son and um with Kane, because and not themselves. Like they haven't really been. Like Kane's obviously just scores goals because Kane scores goals. We're doing more set pieces. You know, there's going to be more delivery into the box because of the way we're playing. So he is getting more chances just in that six yard box. He's got a lot of headers, for example, this year, this year, and like got into positions just to score. Like I wouldn't say tap ins, but like close range goals. But I just I kind of maybe changed my opinion a little bit that we just have to ride it out and actually that we do just need to get through this period before the World Cup um, because after that then we, we need to really see like performances clicking. I'm prepared to um, accept that all of this stuff is true about the World Cup and, and that we haven't really had great performances, but we've got great results. If we can, it's a big if, but if we can start clicking and players start performing well and we've got this many points, with let's be honest, like most people aren't thrilled with Spurs. And if you take a step back and just look at the... If you'd never seen a minute of football, you'd just seen the results, just saw where we were in the league table, the position we're in our Champions League group, um, that Kane scored that many goals, you'd be like, this is a really good season. Like, we must be playing great and doing really well. We haven't played well at all. Like, not at any point have we really played well, maybe outside the first game of the season. If we can play well and carry on these results, I do think there's a really strong chance we can have a, like, a very exciting second half to the season. So... Yeah, I, I'm just hoping that it's this World Cup thing. And if it is that, then afterwards we've got nothing to worry about and they'll be flying again. And you have to stick with them. You can't, they, we haven't got an option to change them. It's not like Kulisevsky being out, people calling for Brian Hill and Lucas and stuff to come in. There are replacements. Richarlison's injured, which is your rotation option for the other two. Who's going to play instead of Kane? Like, no one. Get Kiefer Moore in January. Done. Great. Good suggestion. Good suggestion. I like what you're thinking. Uh, we've got a question here, for, and we'll probably end up on this, uh, is uh, Simon Jeffries. He says, what will happen first? We score from a free kick or Hill gets his first goal. Firstly, Simon, I, like, I get that we have been shit at free kicks. And there was that, that 
moment in the game where uh, Son was lining up a free kick and you're thinking, I've seen him do this for South Korea so much. Just like, all you've got to do is hit the target. Like, if, if you make a keeper save, it's, it's good enough and just hit into the ball. And it's like, why fucking Tottenham is this happening again? Anyway, it is what it well, is. And the From... thing is, as well, when it, hit, when it hit the wall, it wasn't like it hit any of the players in the face or the shoulder. It hit like their the knees. knees yeah, their knees. Yeah. Fucking didn't even get it anywhere near over the wall, for fuck's sake. I think, I, I genuinely think, I, I mean, I'm not. not I'm, uh, 99 times out of 100, I wouldn't have done a better free kick from that position than 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 Son. But in that moment, I could have definitely got it over the wall. It might have gone 50 yards over the crossbar, but I would have got it over. Um, Hill, he's um, had two cameo performances. Um, when Conte's spoken about him, which he doesn't do very often, he compared him to Bernardo Silva. He just said he's, you know, he doesn't have the physicality of Bernardo Silva. But he compared him, compared him to him, which shows that he has the technical aspect to be his, at least a player in the same conversation. Do, is there any world more so than Jed Spence? Probably is there any world where Hill starts on that right hand side in the absence of Kulusevski, John? Like, I'd like to see before it. the World Cup. Yeah, I'd like to see it because I just, just against Liverpool like a little. Well, I'm a, I'm a little kid in the switch. I just want to see all the new stuff. It's like when you're at Christmas, right? And you've got, you've got a box full of toys. You just want to play with the new ones. Don't matter if they're shit. Just play with the new ones. So, yeah, I just want all the new players to play. I want Spence to come in. I want Hill to come in. And I've got a solution to um, Simon's question. Get Hill on free kicks. Two birds with one stone. Is he good at them? Is he good at them? But who cares? Just let him have enough goes. No. Let's just see. Let's see what happens, Rick. Isn't it? See what happens. This has been our mantra <laughs> since I've known Ricky. Is we're on a night out. Something happens, get invited X, go to Z, and Rick's going, are we doing it? And just, just see what happens. Don't matter, let's not worry about it. Just see what happens. It got us into a lot of trouble. <laughs> Often what happens is bad stuff. <laughs> it's like 7am walking, walking out of Ilford Station going, what? where the fuck's Ilford? Uh, and check, check, your, check your phone. Oh God, I'm so far from home. But that's what happens when you see what happens. He will never score a free kick for Spurs. Um, but yeah, he, 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 he seems to have got over the, you know, there was this sort of social media post after he's, he's moved to, I can't remember who it was, uh, fell through on deadline day when it, it became apparent that we weren't going to sign another player. And we've kept him and he's been brought into the team. He's, he's obviously trusted to some degree by Conte, not to start, but to have an impact. And uh he looks, he looks exciting. He looks tidy. When when Ben Tankers scored that goal, he wasn't sulking that he wasn't a part of it. He wheeled away with his arms stretched and celebrated, and it was uh, it was you know good to see. And the moustache is gone, which is good. The hair's been cut a bit shorter, which is also good. And um, yeah, all positive for the future. I think we're gonna wrap it up there, boys, because um, I want to sit on the sofa with my wife and uh, watch a horror movie. Fuck, I've got to do the kids' uniforms and stuff. And they've got to go back to school tomorrow <laughs> as well, man. That's, I mean... They're not going the back real, That's the real horror. That is the real horror, yeah. Just having to do that, man. If I never have to iron an 11-year-old boy's shirt ever again, it would be too soon. But it's love, isn't it? It's what you do as a parent. Um, yeah, no, they go back tomorrow. They had an inset day. Anyway. Lucky. Love you, boys. Love you, mate. Up the Spurs. Love you. Bye. Smash my slate to bits. Um, 100%. Oh, well, if you, if you want to know a proper preview, like we do a 45 minute preview for every fucking game. Yeah, you like the sound of that, do you? If you like the sound of it, you have to fucking pay. Patreon. Where do I go? What do I do? Patreon.com yeah, forward slash fighting cock. Go and fucking get involved. There's loads of Tottenham. Basically, you know what I've worked out about our Patreon is you don't have to listen to all of it because there's a lot, right? There's a lot. There's a reaction to every game, there's a preview to every game. We do other bits and pieces as well, like. Um, Anyway, there's tons of stuff on there, right? Maybe three or four pods a week. You don't have to listen to it all. But when you're ready, you can just dip in and it's there. It's just there. There's Spurs content all the time there from us on our page whenever you want it. And you might listen to three or four a month and that'd be worth the money you pay. What was it? Pint, across the, a London pint, Rick? Yeah, no. <laughs> Get involved. <laughs> Get involved. Come listen to more Spurs stuff. You need more Spurs stuff. We got you. We got you. Anyway, um, that'll do. And uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, us to to, to to reign as champions of uh, the Champions League group as a trophy, and then uh, march on to the last sixteen, where we get uh, probably get I don't know someone really good. Madrid. Yeah, Madrid, and then uh, go out six uh, one on aggregate. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>
Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.